You're listening to an Airwave Media Podcast. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Recorded in Chicago, Illinois, with your hosts, Ken, Matt, Neil, and Jeff, this is Triviality. The cream of the crop! Hello and welcome to Triviality, the game where lack of seriousness meets a little bit of knowledge. My name is Neil. I'm joined here in the studio with Jeff to my right. How are you, Jeff? Pretty good. How are you doing, Neil? I'm doing pretty well. Across from Jeff is Ken. How are you? Good. You know, after 200 episodes, we're really locking in this intro. We are. We really are locking it in. People 200 wanna, plus. They want to know what our voices sound like. We're making sure we distinguish them. Uh, and I'm Matt. Yeah, Matt's <laughs> Wait, is here that too. what we do? Matt's here too. Yep. Matt booted up a little bit earlier than we uh, had planned, but he's here. <laughs> Uh, Matt, yep. you were just at a Motion City soundtrack show. Is that correct? That is correct. That's pretty sweet. It was I'm a good su- time. I'm surprised that you went to that after they betrayed us by reuniting after we paid $100 to go to their, quote, <laughs> final show, that. unquote. <laughs> yeah. I, I went there just to boo them, actually. I held up a sign, mm. said liar, and then I left after 10 minutes. Why are you p- playing history lessons? Why? Is that what you said? <laughs> yeah, just like that. You're such a... You're such a uh, a pioneer of the boo, Matt. Um, we love when you boo things. Uh, well, well once, one singular boo, and then I left. That's right. Uh, well, today's a very special episode. Uh, we have someone here uh, who works for a website that we are pretty sure 90% of all of you have been at almost every day, I would think, and that's Google. And, no, I'm just kidding. It's not Google. Uh, it is Sporkle, Sporkle.com. Uh, our friend Mark Adams is here coming to us from Detroit, and uh, we're really, really excited to have him here. How's it going, Mark? Good. Thanks, guys. I appreciate you guys having me on. Been a, a, a long-time listener, first-time uh, first caller, if you will. But yeah, I love what you guys are doing and excited to be with you guys today. Yeah, we're, we're super excited. Uh, we love all the questions you send in uh, to make us feel like Loveline, and we try to do our best, Dr. Drew, to help you out in every situation. <laughs> uh, but uh, for people who don't know uh, you or don't know what you do, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, so um, uh, as you said, I do. I work for Sporkle, um, and I'm primarily on the uh, Sporkle Live side of things, which means basically anything that you're not playing uh, at your computer. So our live shows and bars and restaurants and uh, special events and things like that. And our specialist event, which is TriviaCon, which is coming up here in April, which I know you guys are a part of, which I'm excited about. We're excited too. Yeah, we're super pumped. Back in Vegas. Back in Vegas, uh, ready to gamble, ready to party. Ready to lose some money. Ready to lose some money. And of course, conduct a very professional uh, trivia show. A live game, in fact. Right. A live game, yeah. And uh, Mark uh, offered us a great spot to do a live game. 
And uh, yeah, it's going to be that Saturday. And uh, we're super excited. It's going to be a live version of our game. There's going to be a cash prize, some other prizes. Uh, you get to come out and uh, sort of enjoy our brand of uh, silliness, I guess. Lack of seriousness is, is what we say. So we're super excited. What else can people expect at uh, TriviaCon, Mark? Uh, all kinds of stuff. I mean, we have uh, 90 different events over the course of the weekend. Um, there's $50,000 in total cash prizes uh, over the course of the weekend. Team events, individual events. Uh, there's going to be, you know, something for everybody. So um, I'm really excited about it. We're getting a lot of interest in, in it. I'm just really intrigued to see which which events people are gravitating to. But I know there's a lot of excitement about what you guys are doing with your with your regular show. But I'm hearing a lot of chatter about the wrestling event that we're going to be doing with you guys as well. That's right. Yeah, Matt, you're going to be appearing on that. How do you feel about that? Uh, I'm good. I've been, you know, saying my prayers, uh, vitamins, etc. Getting getting ready. Been doing your push-ups. Practicing the elbow drop. Practicing his push-up. Yeah, the yes. one push-up. <laughs> I hear, Matt, that you're going to yeah. make sure that every person entering uh, the room has to come out Royal Rumble style. Mm-hmm. Yeah, every minute and a half, it's going to take forever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see if we can get that done in an hour. But no, it's it's uh, it's going to be awesome. I mean, like I said, 90 different events. It's a good chance to come out and you know meet you guys and have some fun, meet some new friends. Uh, April 3rd to the 5th, and we're in Las Vegas. And sporkle.com slash TriviaCon if you want to check out more info and get tickets and all that fun stuff. And that's at the Rio All Suites Hotel and Casino, right? That is correct. Awesome. Well, yeah, come see us at the Rio. Let's have fun. And uh, let's start a Shakespeare-themed nightclub. Why not? I don't know why. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So today's game, we'll, uh, we'll be playing together, uh, Neil. Mm-hmm. So since I'm overworked, underpaid, stressed, and depressed, I feel like one of our... Uh, favorite characters is going to come back today, and that's Zen Ken. I like Zen Ken. That's when I'm so tired. I just I just go by my gut. So Zen how about Ken has not been on the show as much as you'd think. He, he has not. He's made maybe one appearance. He appears in before. real life all the time. Yeah, almost every day, in <laughs> fact. So how about we be the uh, the Zen monks? Zen monks, okay. Starring Tony Shalhoub. Sure. <laughs> Zen monks starring Tony Shalhoub. Sure. That's terrible. All or right. Team Zen. Team Zen. I like Team Zen. That's shorter. All right. Uh, Matt, Jeff, what do you think? Um, well, so, you know, we're going to be in Vegas, uh, home of the Golden Knights. Uh, love wrestling. We can be the Golden Tights. There you go. All right. Golden Tights versus Team Zen. Uh, let's, throw it to the, it. let's throw it to the rules guy and uh, see how this game's played. The rules of the game are simple. 20 questions split into two rounds worth 10 points apiece. At halftime, there'll be a special swing round designed by this week's host. After regulation, players will enter the final round with the points that they've accumulated and will have a chance to wager 0 to 30 points on five categorized questions. At the end of the game, someone will be named the cream of the crop. The cream will rise to the top. Oh, yeah. Wow. Uh, that was uh, that was really nice. Robert Goulet joined us uh, <laughs> to read the rules. That was very nice. Uh, star of Was it Robert Goulet? Actually, or just Will Ferrell's Robert Goulet? I think it was the rules guy impersonating Will Ferrell impersonating Robert Goulet. Okay, just making sure. Yeah. Uh, well, Mark, uh, feel free to take it away. We're super excited to play this game. All right, right on. Let's do it. So let's gonna, I was going to jump in here with a, a question that's appropriate for Triviality fans. So the following lyrics are from what song? To have the kind of body always in demand, jogging in the mornings, go man, go. Workouts in the health spa, muscles grow. I have a guess. Do you? Yeah, I'm. These are always the hardest for me. Yeah, actually, that 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 sounds right. Okay. Yeah, let's, let's go. Lock with that. In. Okay, we're locked in over here. 
Mm. Do you think it's uh, the some right said Fred? <laughs> uh, too sexy. Mm. Mm-hmm. Thank you, John. I'm trying to, I can't help myself, Neil. Uh, I was trying to think of those lyrics. I don't know if that's in there. The one that comes to mind is um, what's the uh, what's that stupid one I work out? Oh, oh um, LMFAO. Yeah, LMFAO. Uh, I don't know. I don't know what's the name of that song. I don't know either. <laughs> oh, all I could all I could think of is just yeah look at that body Girl, um, look at that man. Yeah. yeah i'm not getting anywhere all right so say say something you got it you got songs you like music you i'm too sexy by red said fred sure all right all right yeah so i don't know the words to this song but it sounds like something that could be in i'm sexy and i know it right mm-hmm. yeah so we're going i'm sexy and i know it all right, so again, I started the question saying this is appropriate for Triviality fans. Uh, so those lyrics are from the song Macho Man by oh. the <laughs> Didn't even think of that. That was a mm. good job. That was good. Me and Matt just saw them perform live at Riot Fest, didn't we? Yeah, did you, we did. Did, did uh, you miss it? We did it? the Wall of Death. Were you participating in the Wall of Death? I missed it. I was too nervous. Okay. I had somewhere to go in the middle of their set, so I only caught a few songs. Yeah. Good stuff. All right, question two. All right, what element on the periodic table was discovered in the year 1898 by William Ramsey and Morris W. Travers, who explored its properties using Geisler tubes, which quickly led to the element's most popular usage? I think I have. Uh, I'm going to lock in. Yeah, that's fine. It's all over you. Have you have no idea? No, I have no I'm idea. I'm going to lock in. I just keep thinking of Geisler tubes, so I don't know what mm. that even means, but it sounds cool. What do you think, Jeff? I am not familiar with Geisler tubes. So, 1898, so it's pretty old. Um, I think it'd be a, a, an element in the 70s or 80s, probably. Possibly. I mean, I was there thinking, were, there were I was some thinking, um, lower numbers that were just gaps they couldn't fill for a while as they were trying to discover elements. The thing that right. makes me think of tubes, the only problem I have with this is I think it was discovered a lot earlier, is like mercury, like in mm. thermometers. But I feel like that's been around a lot longer than that. Yeah, I was thinking Geisler. neon maybe for like oh, glow sticks. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, you'd want to use something like neon's a good. Yeah, I like that. You want to lock in? Yeah. Let's go okay. neon. Yeah, just at the uh, last night I was over at the strip club and I saw the sign that said real nude girls. Mm-hmm. And I thought, you know, there's neon in that sign, but you don't think about it too much. What so color was it? It was uh, orange. Oh, good call. <laughs> so we went neon. <laughs> P.S. Uh, I wasn't really at a strip club, just for just so everybody knows. You're, you're just watching well, that, Beetlejuice. Yeah, that makes that story a lot more disappointing. But you guys are right. Neon is the, is the correct answer. Well done. Sweet. I'm, I'm glad you knew the right color. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Scooting right along. Here's question three for you guys. Of the 28 current member states of the European Union, five of them have flags that are a tricolor of three vertical bands. Those countries are Romania, Italy, Ireland, France, and which fifth country? The country I'm looking for borders one of the other four countries I just mentioned. That hurts because I knew four. Italy, Romania, France, and Ireland. We actually had a nice uh, Twitter comment today about you specifically, Jeff. 
Oh, uh, there no. was a question uh, on some trivia. Is that being a jackass again? No, no. It was a, I think it was from Brainwave <laughs> Trivia, and it was uh, someone had posted a vexillology question, and they said, "Oh, like uh, like Jeff from Triviality, because they know nice. you love vexillology." I do, and then I embarrass myself constantly. Ken, what do you think about? Um, oh, uh, I've got it. I think Matt, but I want to just say it out loud and see if I sound crazy. Yeah. Does that have three? That's bands? what you said. Yeah. I th- yeah. Okay. I think so. All right. I'm. I'm second guessing myself on the uh, direction of those stripes. Me but too. I think I think you're right. Yeah, that's my only. I'm not sure if they're vertical or horizontal, but I think you're right. Okay, all right, we'll lock in. I think it's Belgium. <laughs> I think it's like red or yellow and black, or some, a, red, orange, and black, something like that. Similar to Germany's, but horizontal or vertical. Isn't um, isn't the Netherlands three? Yes, but that those are horizontal. That's blue, white, and orange. Okay. Okay, we can go Belgium. Okay. And that borders France, so. And gotcha. conversely, we said Germany. All right. So vertical stripes was the key here. And you guys did answer uh, countries that have three stripes. But the vertical ones are Belgium. Belgium is mm. the right answer. Good job. Yeah. I always mix those two up, those flags. I saw that, that little kid on Ellen naming all the countries and flags and stuff lately. I was like, this is little Jeff right here. Oh. <laughs> and he had a full beard. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was weird. He was like two. All right. Question four, take you back to 1994. So in 1994, Tom Tupa, who was a punter for the Cleveland Browns, became the first player in NFL history to do what? Which was allowed because of a recently enacted rule. I have an idea. Yeah, I've got a couple ideas. This is kind I of think... on you, dude. All right. Um, I will lock in. What are you thinking? So that's around the time they put in the two-point conversion rule. Um, Tom Tupa would probably be the um, the holder on an extra point, and I'm thinking maybe it was a fake. Maybe he was the first person to run a two-point conversion. Run a two-point, or not just like uh, throw one. So he could have he could have thrown it. Could I'm thinking it was a fake extra okay. point, and it was a two-point conversion. But I'm not sure if he ran or throw okay. threw it. Maybe throwing it. Maybe it was. Why don't a, you just be more general and say score a two-point conversion? Why do you do this to yourselves? So I think it, it would need to be more specific because those are different things. But we can say score a two-point conversion and then ask if we need to be more specific. <laughs> That's fair. Yeah, okay. uh, I was in right around the same um, area as you. I just put con- uh, he was the first person to convert a two-point conversion. Yeah, so as as my answer is written on my sheet, it is exactly what you said, Matt. Score a two-point conversion. That is what I was looking for, something similar to that. <laughs> cool. <laughs> so no extra information needed. Nice job to both you guys. Both Good teams. job, Neil. Cool, yeah. All right. Do you, know, do you know if he if it was like a, what how he did it or do you have it down or? He did. He he scored two points. That's what I can tell okay. you. No, I don't know. I, have, I don't know. See, the so amount of football good. that I know, I wrote on my page, removed helmet, question mark? Yeah. <laughs> Close. That's, a, that's Close. the best I can do. Yeah. All right, let's take you to uh, children's books for question five. Of the 50 different words used in the book Green Eggs and Ham, what are the only two words that start with the letter O? You must get both. I have maybe one. I've got definitely one. Yeah, I'm sure it's the same one that I have. Those are my guesses, yep. Okay, let's lock in. So you're thinking on? 
So on is definitely one because he would not like them on a something. And I think the other O is one of the things that he would not like them with or on. He would not like them on a boat or with a goat, right? I think. This isn't your uh, search proclivities, Matt. <laughs> uh, I'm thinking of things that rhyme, so. That's, but uh, You're always on Rhyme Hub all the time. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> It's for my for my raps. <laughs> no, I was thinking maybe something like simple like of even, but I can't I can't put it in there. Oh, maybe maybe he wouldn't eat them over there. Oh, maybe it's over. That sounds good. Let's do on okay, and uh, over. Okay. So I think the very line that you're talking about is just being misquoted because it's he would not eat them here or there. So we said mm-hmm. or and on. Mm-hmm. All right, so uh, the first one is uh, a train, a train, a train. Could you, would you on a train? So on is one. And uh, yeah, right towards the beginning of the book, would you like them here or there? So or is the Mm -hmm. other one, on or or. Uh, And actually, the reason over, besides the fact that it's just not in there, isn't there, is because anywhere is actually the only two-syllable word in the entire book. Mm. Impressive. Uh, So after five questions, it looks like Team Zen or uh, Team... Zen Monks starring Tony Shalhoub has 30 points. What about you uh, over there at Team Golden Tights? 30. All right. So it's 30-30. Tied game. All right. Question six. According to Google Frightgeist, what comic book character was the most popular Halloween costume of 2017 due in large part to that character having a specific movie in theaters that year? Oh, yeah. That, that would be a good third one. Here are my, I'll show you my two guesses and we can decide between those three. But that's a really good guess, actually. I think yours yeah, yours probably might be right. Yeah, let's go with that. Okay. We are locked in with a guess. Um, so my first thought was Harley Quinn. Um, okay. I don't know I don't know if Suicide Squad came out in 17. Somebody's been to Comic-Con. <laughs> why are seen all the Harley Quinns walking around. Why are people dressing up as Kevin Smith's daughter? <laughs> also Harley uh, Quinn. Mm-hmm. Uh, also maybe Black Panther. That was a, like April release or something like that, but it could have been. Yeah, it was definitely 2017 though, right? Yeah. Cause Strange was, was that 16 or 17? But that was an October yeah. one. Yeah, those, nobody would draw those kids. Of, I saw a lot of Dr. Strange's walking around. <laughs> it was funny. All the Dr. Strange's I saw walking around, they were all post Lamborghini crash glass and hands Dr. Strange, but not the superhero Dr. Strange. Right. That's the best one. <laughs> no, I like um, your I like your Suicide Squad inclination. Okay. Go with Harley Quinn. Sure. This is some kind of Suicide Squad. Uh, go ahead, Ken. We went with Black Panther. Pretty popular movie. Uh, indeed, that was a very popular movie. Uh, this is 2017. Uh, there is actually a sequel coming out. Uh, I believe it's this year. The answer is Wonder Woman. Oh. Oh, I also had that on the tip of my tongue. All right, so moving right along. Question surprised. number seven. Uh, there have been three U.S. presidents who were born in the 20th century that were born in states that do not border an ocean or the Gulf of Mexico. Tell me any one of those presidents. So again, three U.S. presidents who were born in the 20th century that were born in states that do not border an ocean or the Gulf of Mexico. Tell me any one of those three presidents. I've got two of them, I think, Matt. Well, we just need one. I so. know, but I just want to 
I don't really know the places of birth of these guys, to be honest. That's not my... It's not something I know about the various presidents. Well, we can we can lock in just because so you guys can actually talk it out if Jeff's sure. Yeah. So yeah. All right. So Jimmy Carter. I mean, he was from Georgia, but that's near the Gulf of Mexico, right? Yeah, that's on the ocean. Know. On the ocean. Um, Bill Clinton, Arkansas, Gulf of Mexico. Maybe was he born it in Arkansas? Touches maybe a little. No, it doesn't touch. Okay, let's say Bill Clinton. Clinton. Okay. Uh. So. You said born in the 20th century? That is right. Okay. Um, pretty sure Ronald Reagan's from Illinois. Not California? No. I believe he, I'm from Dixon. He moved to California for his career, and then he became a senator or something from California, um, but he was born in Illinois. I was an actor, okay. damn it. Don't forget that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I acted alongside a monkey, you uh, <laughs> if, you, if you don't like that one, Neil, I think you sh you should watch some videos of Ronald Reagan so you can nail this impression down a little bit. If, uh, if you don't like that one, Gerald Ford is from Michigan. Um, so you have yeah. an answer. You're just touting more answers now, uh -huh. yeah. just in case okay. he's wrong. So they say Ronald Reagan. By the way, Arkansas does, definitely does not touch. So okay. we're going to say Ford. Yep. All right, Ronald Reagan would have been, would have been one. He was born in Illinois. Uh, Gerald Ford is a correct answer. He was born in Nebraska, though, not oh. Michigan. Mm -hmm. He's best known from uh, around Michigan, but he was born in Nebraska. And, yes, Bill Clinton was born in Arkansas, and Arkansas does not touch the Gulf. So any of those would have got your points, cool. which you guys all both did. Neat. Sweet. I, I like that. Just a little tinge of correction on top of Jeff. It was nice. <laughs> Just, Just a little bit, yes. Little... Actually. Yes, <laughs> little cherry on top. Uh, to be corrected every now and again. All he does. The time. That's right. All right, questioning. Uh, what HBO TV series that aired from 2002 to 2008 used one theme song for each of its five seasons with a different artist performing each season? Those artists include the Blind Boys of Alabama, Tom Waits, the Neville Brothers, and Steve Earle. Uh, I've got an idea, Matt. I just want to double check it, though. Okay. I know what it is, so we'll talk about cool. it. Cool. I'm 90% sure we're on I remember same. hearing about this. Yeah, we talked about it before. Was it Weeds? I think it was Weeds. Yeah, but I believe Weeds was Showtime. Oh. Let me let me think. I'm pretty sure Weeds was Showtime because that was like the only show that they had on that was like a, it was like they're competing against HBO. So 2002. Until they got Homeland. No, Deadwood I think started, well, it could be, no, wait, Deadwood, Deadwood was, only was only three. Yeah. He said five seasons, right? Something like that. That was The Wire? No, why would Tom Waits do the theme song of The Wire? Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'll switch in. What about Treme? No. Oh, I haven't seen that. But I heard that was good. Six Feet Under? That's that's probably a better answer. Wait, no. That, was that around before The Sopranos? I'm trying to think. 2008. So my mom watched that. I'm just trying to think. Was Aaron Neville part of the Neville Brothers? I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. I, can, I always just think of him. Six feet under. <laughs> Let's go with six feet under. Let's do it. I like right. it. It's the wire, right? Yeah, it's the yeah. wire. O two to eight, definitely the wire. And I know Tom Waits did one of the themes. Yeah, and they only did five seasons. They changed it every season. Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, so you guys are right. It is the wire, but I love the Aaron Neville six feet under song. I want to hear it. I, that. <laughs> I, I thought it was the wire because Jeff talks about it all the time, but he he played us on that one because he sounded like he didn't know it. He got us. That's all right. We'll get well, you back. I'm too zen to pick up on his treachery. Trickanery. 
And we Weeds was definitely the one we talked about because they would do special Every episode. themes for different episodes. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Okay. And that was Showtime, though, right? Yes. Okay. All right. Question number nine. This is the uh, the obligatory uh, Sporkle plug. So here is your question. Put the following entities in order according to where their logo's primary color would appear in a rainbow, starting with the outermost band. The five entities are Samsung, Sporkle, Spotify, the Sacramento Kings, and Sprint. I'll read it for you one more time because I know that was a lot. Put the following entities in order according to where their logo's primary color would appear in a rainbow, starting with the outermost band. Samsung, Sporkle, Spotify, Sacramento Kings and Sprint. God, I know this one. Let's see. It's um. I think we're good, Matt. Unless I have the Kings color wrong. That one. We can talk. Okay. I, I think I have it in order. Okay. Yeah. So I think Sporkles comes first, being orange. Sprint mm-hmm. would be yellow. Samsung's is blue, and then the Kings is like a purple violet color, right? Correct. Okay. Is that all five? And and then Spotify is green. Spot. Oh yeah, I skipped over Spotify. Spotify would be right in the middle. It'd be green. So which? What's the order? Uh, Sporkle, uh, Sprint, uh, Spotify, and then Samsung and the Kings. Okay. All right, and uh, we had uh, the same over here. We had orange for Sporkle, <laughs> yellow for Sprint, uh, Spotify green, uh, Samsung for blue, and Sacramento Kings for violet. Yeah, you guys both nailed it. I won't even repeat it because you got it exactly right. Nice job. All right. I like this Roy B. Jiv. Yes. <laughs> OAG Biv, yes. All right, question 10, last question before the swing round. What Seattle-based beverage company that specializes in loose-leaf tea and herbal infusions was purchased by Starbucks in 2012? Starbucks would close <laughs> all of their 300-plus locations by 2018. You got okay. this, bad. What a shame. You okay? Do I have it? You got yeah. this? Is this tough Yeah. for you? If you if you'd gotten hired, you'd it's part of the training. You'd know this too. So uh, since I'm Zen Ken, I'm trying to achieve uh, Tivana today. Tivana, yeah, it used to be Tazo Tea, but I, I think it was Tivana that they bought. Yeah. Mm-hmm. When they were Tazo, we had a Zen Tea, and then it switched to Jade Citrus when we got Tivana in 2012. Tivana. That is the correct answer, Tivana. Yes, I gave you guys a nice easy one to end the round. So nicely done. Going into the swing round, it looks like uh, Team Zen has 60 points and Team Gold Tights has 70 points. So what do you have for in, for us in store today, Mark? All right, swing round. I wanted to, to write something uh, uh, for you guys, uh, being that most of you at least are in the Chicago area. So this swing round is called Chicago, the center of the universe. Hmm. <laughs> tell, me, tell me whether these cities are north or south of Chicago. Oh, God. Hmm. <laughs> uh, all right so some of them will be easier than others uh so uh number one is boston uh number two is london and just for clarification it's the most i mean i'm not talking about london ontario obviously london over in the in the uk mm-hmm. uh portland oregon number three kansas city number four pyongyang number five <laughs> Paris, number six. New York City, number seven. San Francisco, number eight. Istanbul, number nine. And number 10 is Barcelona. These are all shockingly close. Yeah, I wasn't going to give you like Houston, you know? Yeah. 
All right. I mean, this give is all within na- like five or ten degrees. Right. Neil and I will step out and figure these out. Welcome to From Beneath the Hollywood Sign. If you love old movies, Hollywood history, or the golden age of filmmaking, you've come to the right place. This is the podcast that talks about amazing stories of Tinseltown from another era and fascinating conversations with writer-producer Steve Kubine and actress-writer Nan McNamara. One particular argument, he ended up dislocating Ava's jaw. <gasps> Ava, she was such a tough cookie. Rather than cry or scream or anything like that, she... Was, or call the police. Or call the police, like she should have, <laughs> exactly. What does she do? She takes an ashtray and she knocks him over the head and knocks him unconscious. That's how she fought back. She didn't know what to do, so she called Louis B. Mayer. I think I've killed Howard Hughes. What do I do? Revisit a time when the pictures were still big and everyone was ready for their close-up. When you want Tyrone Power instead of Tom Hardy, Jennifer Jones instead of Jennifer Lawrence, or Robert Mitchum rather than Robert Pattinson, then From Beneath the Hollywood Sign is the gin joint for you. Want to learn how you can make smarter decisions with your money? Well, I've got the podcast for you. I'm Sean Piles, and I host NerdWallet's Smart Money Podcast. On our show, we help listeners like you make the most of your finances. I sit down with NerdWallet's team of nerds, personal finance experts in credit cards, banking, investing, and more. We answer your real-world money questions and break down the latest personal finance news. The nerds will give you the clarity you need by cutting through the clutter and misinformation in today's world of personal finance. We don't promote get-rich-quick schemes or hype unrealistic side hustles. Instead, we offer practical knowledge that you can apply in your everyday life. You'll learn about strategies to help you build your wealth, invest wisely, shop for financial products, and plan for major life events. And you'll walk away with the confidence you need to ensure that your money is always working as hard as you are. So turn to the nerds to answer your real-world money questions and get insights that can help you make the smartest financial decisions for your life. Listen to Nerd Wallet's Smart Money Podcast wherever you get your podcasts. We are back with our answers. So let's uh, get the questions one more time and we can see how we did. All right. So uh, again, I said uh, Chicago is the center of the universe, of course. You had to tell me whether these cities are north or south of Chicago. Uh, number one was Boston. Okay, so when we drove there, I think I remember going slightly north for it. I could be wrong, though. So we said north. Yeah, we said uh, we think it's not far north, but just north. That is correct. It is north. Uh, Number two is London. Yeah, this was hard to gauge, but uh, we said north for this one as well. Yeah, Uh, we think Europe is kind of shifted a little bit further north than we would think. So we said uh, north. And that is the correct thinking. Europe is uh, a little bit further north, especially depending on which city you're talking about. London is north. Uh, how about Portland, Oregon? Thinking this is north just by a skosh as well. Yeah, we went north. Uh, yes, it is uh, defined as a skosh. It is a skosh <laughs> north. Uh, Kansas City. This is our first south. Yeah, and again, not that far south, but we, we agree. And you are right. It is slightly south. Uh, Pyongyang, North Korea. I think that is north. We think this is south. And it is south. All right. Yeah. Uh, I thought the Paris? Koreas were a little higher up than one would think, too. I think, like, the Hokkaido region of Japan might be farther north than Chicago, yeah. but... Okay, well, uh, for Paris, we said south. We went north again, right, Matt? Mm-hmm. And you guys are right. It is north. 
Wow. You know, a little Here's... game theory on our part would have would have helped us, I think. <laughs> uh, all right, number seven was New York City. Yeah, for that one, we said north. This one, we think, surprisingly, is south. And surprisingly or not, it is south of Chicago. Uh, San Francisco. Uh, south on that one. Yeah, we felt this was kind of a toss-up. We thought if Portland was just north, San Francisco would be just south. Yep, you're correct. It is just south. Uh, Istanbul. Uh, we said south. This is one I don't feel good about because we went north, but I think I think you guys are right. But we went north. And you are correct in saying that they are right because it is south. And the last one, Barcelona. South. Uh, we went south. Yep, pretty well south, actually. So south is the right, oh, is wow. the correct answer. Jeff did great that round. After the swing round, looks like we built our score up to 95. And uh, what's your team name? The Golden Tights, 115. I'm glad to see that the amount of time I spend just staring at maps paid off or something. Good for you. All right, let's move on to round two. All right, question number one. Of the 20 possible first moves in a game of chess, how many of those moves do not involve a pawn? Despite my last name, I know nothing about chess. Ken. We're, we're good, Matt. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. So we yeah. can lock in, but whatever you got. So if there's, it would only be four, right? Because it's the knights going both ways. Because all the other pieces can't get out from behind the pawns. Oh, uh, I mean, the logic sounds right. I'm, I just don't know anything about yeah. chess. We'll say four. Four. Yep. Of the eight pawns, they can each move two spaces. That would be 16. The knights can each separately move two ways. So that's four. And you guys are right. It is four, and it is the knights going either either mm -hmm. which way they can go. Nice job. All right. Next question for you is, what is the largest U.S. state by total area that was also one of the original 13 colonies? Ooh. I think we can lock in. Okay. I think it's Not Georgia. Delaware, right? <laughs> What'd you say? It's maybe Georgia. Possibly. New York. Uh, uh, Pennsylvania? Pennsylvania is a good size. I feel like New York might be a little bigger, but I think, like, I know every time I drive through Georgia, it just seems like the largest state in the entire world. Was um, Georgia one of the original 13? Yeah. It was the last, well, one of the last ones. Just can't get Georgia off your mind. I think we can lock in with Georgia. Virginia was a good size until the Civil War. Uh, then it split. Yeah, I think Georgia okay. might be the biggest. That's, that's right. what my gut says. I'll, I'll, I'll agree, even though I think it's Pennsylvania, and we can lock in with Georgia. Okay. And I'm saying Virginia. All right. Largest U.S. state by total area. That was one of the original 13 colonies. It, colonies, excuse me, is indeed Georgia. Hmm. All right. Nice done. All right. Here is your next question. Uh, in January of 2005... What fast food chain began and then quickly ended a very ill-fated ad campaign that included the lines, double cheeseburger, I'd hit it? Uh, yeah, I think I know this one. Um, I just got to remember the brand. There's, there's two of them I'm thinking of, Ken. Um, one second. It's, it's either that one or the other. Yeah, those are the two I was thinking of. It's that one. That one? I remember the commercial. Or, uh... You know what? I think it's the, might be the bottom one. Okay. Okay. You think they're thinking between Hardee's and Carl Jr.? I do. Um, Carl's Jr. is the one that had, this was the like Kate Upton ads where she was like crawling all over uh, cars and stuff at the time, right? Was that Hardee's though or Carl's Jr.? Carl's Jr. is the one that was like really going Car for it, right? 
Yeah, Carl's Jr. is, I mean, it's the same company, Hardee's yeah. and Carl's Jr., mm-hmm. but I like Carl's Jr. Okay. We said Carl's Jr. All right. Uh, the correct answer to that was actually Mickey D's McDonald's was the really? one. <laughs> yeah, they didn't think oh. that one through. Well, Car- I love, there's nothing I love more than a terrible idea ad campaign. Ad campaign. Yeah. There's so many, so many minds go into it. Yeah. And it, you know, it, it passes so many people's desk. And then when you see the final thing, you're like, how did, how that, did get, that fly? Yeah. Was Carl's Jr. the one with the models eating in slow motion? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Hardy's yeah. too. I think they both did it. I couldn't remember. All right. Here's question four for you guys. The MVP of the NHL receives the Hart Trophy each year. In the 21st century, only two goaltenders have won the award. Those two men won it several years apart, but they played for the same team. Name that team. I don't know anything about hockey, Ken, but I want to ask you questions. Maybe we'll let them lock in. Okay. I, I mean, we could... I have, a, I have an idea. Okay. I'm willing to trust you on it. So there was an SNL sketch with Chance the Rapper. <laughs> yes, there was. And he was interviewing a really good looking goalie with like slick back hair who apparently is like one of the best goalies of all time. And he's like really suave and he has like a, an accent. Uh, who Who is that? Uh, Aaron Barclay. Maybe, maybe, oh, yeah. maybe she could fill us in on who that might be. Yeah. I'm trying to remember. It's uh, Henrik Lundqvist. Yeah, yeah, him. Yeah. W- would he be one of those guys? You know, I don't... I don't know if he was in, if he won Stanley Cups. Oh. The Rangers. Oh, oh this wasn't just the, MVP of the year? He's a Ranger, I don't think. Oh, okay. Uh, I, I want to say maybe the Devils, because Marty Brodeur is an extremely prolific uh, goalie. Mm-hmm. I can't think of another team in in the 21st century that like was like really, really good, played for the same team, though could be the Penguins. No, because um, Fleury was their goalie for... Marc-Andre Fleury? Actually, let's go with the Penguins. Penguins? Let's go with the Penguins. Okay. Penguin. Um, no, I'm, I think Who was that, in Boston before Tuka Rask? I don't remember. Uh, I do know that Carey Price won this in 2014 for the Canadians. And I think Theodore won it in like 2000 or 2001 okay so i think it's the canadians all right the years are 2002 and 2015 mm-hmm. and it is carrie price and jose theodore of the montreal canadian very so well nice played job. nice so i Go trust maps <laughs> all right question number five during the 1980s there were four songs with the word crazy in their titles that reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 chart. All you got to do is tell me any one of those crazy songs. 1980s. Should we let them talk? So or you, let them you, lock you in? You go ahead and lock in. Um, I'm pretty sure Crazy Train hit number one, yep. right? That would have been 80. Yeah. And, yeah. and the other one I had was um, She Drives Me Crazy. Mm-hmm. Which I oh, think yeah, yeah. She uh, drives me crazy. Yeah. Crazy. I think I like Crazy Train more because I can't remember okay. if that's just this side of 90 or not. But mm-hmm. did you know that lead singer actually talked like that in real life? <laughs> I don't believe that. I need to get my new license. <laughs> DMV. <laughs> and then his friend was right behind him every time. Uh, do you want to go with Crazy Train? Yeah, I do. I like that one a lot. Okay. We also boarded the Crazy Train. 
All right, here are your four crazy songs that reached number one on the Billboard Hot 100 during the 80s. Uh, the first one I would have taken is by Madonna, and it's crazy for you. Uh, I would have accepted uh, from Prince, Let's Go Crazy. Uh, I would have accepted from Queen, Crazy Little Thing Called Love. Mm-hmm. And the fourth and final one was, oh, I want to sing it so bad, but I'm not going to. I'll let you guys sing it. It is She Drives Me Crazy by the Fine Young Candles. Oh, man. Uh, I wrote Crazy Little Thing Called Love. We couldn't decide if it was 70s or 80s. And also yeah, I also Hitta had Crazy 100. Little Thing Called Love written down. Ugh. But if anybody ever wants to hear Crazy Train and you don't have like internet access or Spotify anything, just go to a guitar center yeah, and you'll hear it eventually. Yeah, there's playing it. <laughs> <laughs> so true. That and Smoke so on the true. Water. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, all right, here's question six for you guys. Uh, what late 1970s game show that was hosted by Alex Trebek would later share its name but not format with a Nickelodeon game show? But uh, yeah, let's all right, let's let's do that. Whatever, whichever one you like, Neil. Okay, all right, we're locked in. You don't know this one, do you, Matt? Is it um, figure it out? Figure it out's a good guess. He had like I also had... he hosted this like it was like this weird like Pictionary type game where like you would get a number and then as you took numbers off the board, more of the picture would be revealed. But the picture itself would be like dirty drawing, a drawing plus a letter. Mm. I'm trying to remember the name of that stupid game. They brought it back in the night. Game show network still runs it like reruns. of it. Yeah. Cause I remember seeing the clips of when it looks like it's a, like a cartoon character. (laughs) 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 What's a Matt? And then, you know, and then in the end, like the final round was like, basically it was like exactly like it was like a matching game. Like you'd be like one and six. And if like they were the same car, you would take that off the board. And then if you got whatever car was left, if you won, you'd win that car. I think that show was called Wienerville. (laughs) (laughs) This makes sense why you had a Wink Martindale poster on your bedroom wall, Jeff. Yeah. I, uh. I know it's not the match game. That's what keeps popping into my head, but I'm trying to think of what the stupid name was. Yeah, not a Legends of the Hidden Temple. No, name more Nickelodeon game shows, though, and we'll, maybe I can get it. Well, there. No. Guts. Guts. Oh. Do, 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 do you have it? Guts. Uh, I think figure it out is okay. something. I'm okay with that. I, I can't remember the one I'm trying to think of, but... Okay. When I heard Nickelodeon Game Show, um, and one that sounded that it could be pretty wide-reaching, uh, one of my favorites I used to watch was with, was with Summer Sanders, and we went to figure it out. All right. So this was uh, on CBS, 1976, 1977. Uh, the game pitted two contestants in isolation booths. They were trying to correctly identify a person, place, or thing based on one-sentence clues. You would think that game should be called Figure It Out, but it was not. It was called Double Dare. Oh, man. Wow. Double Dare, yes. With Mark mm-hmm. Mark Summers. So where did Alex Trebek take things out of, of giant nose? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would, that would be a more interesting show. All right, here's question seven for you guys. I got a multiple choice question for you. Which type of fruit is not part of Fruit of the Loom's famous logo? Is it grapes, currants, Apple or banana? Again, which of those fruits is not part of Fruit of the Loom's famous logo? Grapes, currants, apple, or banana? Oh, man. Are you thinking of those commercials where they were all sassy mascots yelling at each other? Yes. I, <laughs> I think we're going to... Are you good? 
Yeah, I'm a little unsure about that, but let's just go with it. All right, we're locked in. I'm pretty sure grape and apple are, right? Right. Do you think banana's too suggestive? I don't think there's a banana. I don't remember a banana man. Listen to your teammate. Yeah, I don't think so either. No banana man. But bananas were in pajamas, that's for sure. So you're saying banana? Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. Say banana. Okay. You Help me out with this podcast thing, guys. All right. Uh, we also said banana. Yeah, you guys are right. There is no banana man in the fruit of the loom. No bananas. <laughs> All right, here we go. Next question. A magical boomerang, a raft, a ladder, and a whistle are among the items found in the dungeons of what classic video game? Oh, locked in. So you guys are in. Yes? Yeah. Do you think yeah. this is uh, Zelda? A raft and what would he need with a raft and a whistle? Wasn't Crash Bandicoot Australian? Or no. Does this have to do with Australia? Because of boomerang, magical boomerang. Oh, no. Without Link, context, that's a real leap. Link had a boomerang. Oh, he did? Um, I think, I don't know if he's talking about a specific game or a series. Let's just say Legend of Zelda, though. Okay. Yeah, I mean, you know more than I do. I know he was sailing in Wind Waker and stuff like that. I think there was a flute or something. Okay. Zelda. Yeah, yeah. You needed to get all of those in the first game because you needed the whistle to beat the Dig Dogger, uh, Legend of Zelda. Yeah, uh, softball for you guys. Obviously, I know you guys like video games. Questions you guys always do well uh, on those guys, <laughs> right? Legend of Zelda. I do think Link was Australian, though. Just so you know. Is he really? Oh no, that was Hylian. Sorry, my 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 mistake. <laughs> <laughs> all right, question number nine. Uh, the Intolerable Acts, a series of punitive laws passed by the British Parliament, were issued in response to what historical event? Again, the Intolerable Acts was a series of punitive laws passed by the British Parliament, and they were issued in response to what historical event? So actually, uh, me and Jeff were hanging out the other night, and uh, he went to the bathroom. <laughs> <laughs> he was gone for a really long time, so I went to check on him, and I knocked on the door, and he didn't answer. So I opened the door, and he was doing an Intolerable Act. <laughs> <laughs> Washing my hands. <laughs> I told you it's not allowed in my house. Um, <laughs> we want to go with that? Sure. Okay. Cool. We're locked in. We're we thinking mm. this is from the perspective of the Americans following the Boston Tea Party. Yeah, I think it was after um, they all went to the Tivana, bought out the stores, dumped them in the harbor. Right. Who could afford that? Right. Correction. Uh, they dumped them in the harbor. In the harbor by the ad. Uh, yeah, tea party, right? Yeah, we'll say the Boston Tea Party. We said the mm -hmm. same. And you guys are both correct. Nice job, Boston Tea Party. All right, question 10. Uh, more more north and south for you, since, since you guys did well on that in the swing round. So which Ivy League school is located the furthest north? Oh, that's the end of the question. That's it. <laughs> <laughs> it's up to you. Cool, I have a guess. We'll go with it. Uh, you want to run through the Ivy League schools real quick, just so I don't forget any, and then... Yeah, yeah. so there's Dartmouth, Yale, Princeton, Brown, Harvard. Uh, is is NYU isn't one of them, right? I think it might be, but that's pretty far south. Penn's south. Yeah. Um, is, is, is it Dartmouth? Well, Dartmouth is or, what? Or um, Cornell. Oh, which would be in Ithaca, New York. Mm -hmm. That would make sense. Yeah. Because mm -hmm. um, that's probably the f farther north than anything in Massachusetts. So that would take care of Harvard and that would take care of what was the other one that was in Mass Massachusetts Dartmouth? 
Yeah. Yeah. And then um, Yale's in Connecticut, which is further south. Brown, that's south. Princeton's in New Jersey. So, yeah, that sounds right. Cornell? Mm-hmm. I like Cornell. Yeah. All right, you're I good. like Cornell, too. You're going to Cor- Chris Cornell? All right. Um, I just remember being on this campus. It was really pretty. Uh, Emma Watson was walking around there. I didn't see her. I just heard she was. Uh, so, we went with Brown. All right. So, the city is uh, in Hanover, Hanover, New Hampshire. And that is Dartmouth. Dartmouth mm. is the furthest. Part. Oh, it's in New Hampshire. Where's Brown? It is Rhode Island, oh, yeah. Providence. Correct. Yeah, yeah. And at the end of regulation, uh, looks like Team Zen or Team Zen Monks, tar- uh, starring Tony Shalhoub, have one thirty-five, and Team Golden Tights are at one seventy-five. So we have a lot of ground to cover. But uh, Mark, before we get to this final round, uh, where can people find out uh, to get how to get tickets to TrivuCon? Yeah, great question. Uh, so just head over to uh, Sporkle's website, which is sporkle.com slash trivia con all the information on there we got the schedule up there you can buy tickets now um but do them quick great and then after you do that take the uh extra change that you have from that and pop over to our patreon page and give Mm. us some money how about that give us some money yeah it's helping the show continue to grow and and get better bigger and better and uh yeah you can find all those perks at uh patreon.com slash triviality podcast and jeff uh what kind of perks are people going to be uh getting i guess or be interested in here <laughs> oh there's there's a full range neil they go all the way from just little thank yous uh mm-hmm. on our group the crop all the way up to our full-blown triviality loot crate boxes which include custom mugs which are super nice mm-hmm. and notebooks and a bunch of other little things there so support at any level is appreciated though uh five dollars and up though gets you our bonus episodes which is that they're really good pretty prime yeah you go and one level up from there you get a poster it's true level up from there you get a character box but mm-hmm. even any level you do get our uh, our payoffs for our bets our wagers there you go. and those are particularly fun as well so check us out patreon.com slash triviality podcast all right let's get the final round categories please all right your final round categories are lions tigers bears oh my all the wagers are in uh, let's get those questions mark all right question number one Category is Lions. What actor provided the voice of the adult version of Simba in the 1994 Disney animated classic, The Lion King? Oh, man. Uh, Question number two. Tigers. What Hall of Fame manager ignited the Detroit Tigers to a 35-5 start to the 1984 season, which put them well on their way to winning the World Series that year? Number three. Bears. What man's 2012 autobiography is titled Mud, Sweat, and Tears? Question number four, category is O. The Cirque du Soleil show O has had a residency since 1988 at which Las Vegas casino? And question number five, if making a traditional Mai Tai, what type of alcohol is the dominant ingredient? Okay, we'll consider the answers here and we'll be back. Everybody, shush! William Shatner has something to say. Cat and Jethro, box of oddities. What do you do when the woman you love dies? Well, of course, you dig her up and you live with her. Aww. The show examines weird things. There are plenty of old photographs from this time period of children out in the streets playing in and among the dead horse carcasses. Oh, I miss those days. Things used to be so much simpler. Cat and Jethro. Then there's the urine wheel, which sounds like a really bad game show. They've done weird things. Wheel! 
and Jethro, Box of Oddities. That is really mysterious. Join Cat and Jethro Gilligan-Toth for the strange, the bizarre, the unexpected as they lift the lid and cautiously peer inside the Box of Oddities. The Webby Award-winning Box of Oddities podcast from Airwave Media. Calling all kids in the car. Brittany and Meredith here from the chart-topping Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast. Are you dreading another silent car ride with the fam? We've got the cure. Three rounds of fresh trivia every single week. Movies, music, even science and Disney. We've got something for every trivia buff in the car. No more crickets chirping on those long journeys. The Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast is your secret weapon for connecting and laughing with kids of all ages, teens, toddlers, adults, it doesn't matter. Spark their curiosity and challenge their brains with every episode. New episodes drop weekly wherever you get your podcasts. Search for the Family Road Trip Trivia Podcast and turn those car rides into epic adventures. And the answers are locked in because that sound means the answers are locked in. So let's uh, get the questions one more time. All right, number one, what actor provided the voice of the adult version of Simba in the 1994 Disney animated classic, The Lion King? I think this actor actually had a day off, so he was able to stop into the Disney recording studio, but uh, we think it's Matthew Broderick. For 15 points. Yeah, I remember when they broke for Louie Louie in the middle of that movie. We said Matthew Broderick for 20. For 20. Nice done. Matthew Broderick is correct. All right, question two. What Hall of Fame manager ignited the Detroit Tigers to a 35-5 and start to the 1984 season, which put them well on their way to winning the World Series that year? Yep, we're just going to go ahead and add uh, the extra 15 points now because we're pretty positive that this is Stripey McTiger. (laughs) (laughs) I think usually for igniting, you need a spark. Uh, So I'm pretty sure it's Sparky Anderson. It is Sparky Anderson. you ever hear of that person, Neil? I've never heard of Sparky Anderson. Hall of Famer. So was Stripey McTiger. The good news is Matt has. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Stripey McTiger is in the Tiger Hall of Fame next to Tony (laughs) the Tiger. I was just going to say, yep. uh, The cousins. You know know who is not allowed in the Tiger Hall of Fame? Jaguars. Yeah. And it's a shame. Tiger Woods is in the Tiger Hall of Fame. (laughs) (laughs) Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Okay. All right. What man's 2012 autobiography is titled mud sweat and tears yeah for 15 points um we i don't know if you'd call him a man he's more of a urine recirc i was gonna say circulation machine i was thinking he'd be called mud sweat and urine but we went with Mm. bear grills oh man that's right that's okay we went with the hurricane ditka for 20 that we're not gonna get uh you're correct you're not gonna get your 20 there because it is bear grills all right, question number four. The Cirque du Soleil show O has had a resi- residency since 1998 at which Las Vegas casino? And uh, I kind of knew the point on the strip where I see all the Cirque du Soleil ads. And Neil said, what about the Bellagio? Because it's called O. So we said Bellagio. Mm, that makes sense, too. Uh, we wagered 20. We thought maybe it makes sense to be in a circus. So we said circus, circus. Uh, yep, 1998. Uh, it is uh, the water-based Cirque show, and it is at the Bellagio. Bellagio. Yeah, we had floated that one, but so we'll take another 15 <laughs> points for that one. 
All right, last one. If making a traditional Mai Tai, what type of alcohol is the dominant ingredient? For our last 15 points, we said rum. Mm. Uh, for 20 points, we agree. Rum. And everybody's a winner because you guys both got that one right. Rum is right. All right. So after the final scores have been tabulated, it was a close finish, but it just looks like Team Golden Tights uh, eked their way past us. So Team Zen ended with 180 points. This is <laughs> Team Golden Tights uh, ends with 195 in our today's cream of the crop. The cream of the crop! How does that make you feel? I feel nothing. I'm not feeling very zen right now. I know Ken's jacked up. Matt, how you feeling? Just a game. Uh, no, just I always like winning. I'm, I'm a big fan. Uh, you know, we just uh, really stuck to the game plan, gave 110%. No. Well, good. Well, uh, I'm glad you, you enjoy winning because our biggest winner today uh, was our awesome guest host, Mark Adams. Thank you very much for joining us today. Great yes, thank you, guys. I appreciate it. And like I said, I, I love listening to what you guys do each week. So keep up the good work, and I'll keep listening. We will try. Thank, thank you. you. Uh, so one last time, where can people find out about TriviaCon? And then if they just want to go to a Sporkle Live event just for fun in their own hometown, where can they where can they get all that info? Yeah, so uh, if, if you want to come to TriviaCon, it's uh, sporkle.com slash TriviaCon. Come win your share of $50,000 and hang out with these guys and myself. Um, or, yeah, we do, we do uh, pub trivia shows uh, all across the country. We're in 20 states right now. And you can just go to sporkolive.com to find a show near you. Awesome. Well, thank you very much for joining us, Mark. We appreciate it. And uh, thank you to all of our patrons, obviously, for supporting the show. Uh, you can uh, check us out over at patreon.com slash trivialitypodcast. Uh, shout out to everyone in the crop. Thank you for always uh, being a friend over there. And uh, we're way past 800. So thank you very much for that. We're almost at 900 at this point. Uh, and lastly, uh, thank you for the reviews. We've been getting an f- influx of reviews over at iTunes. So if you can take a few moments, uh, throw us a review over there. It really helps us out. Uh, five stars if you think we earned it. We really appreciate that. And one star if, we, if you don't. Four stars if you hate us. Four stars <laughs> if you hate us. Yes, I like that. That's a great way to look at it. Uh, so thank you very much for all that. Um, but um, yeah, so uh, for today's game, uh, on behalf of Ken, Matt, Jeff, Mark, and myself, that was Triviality. So that guy was definitely John Lovitz that I was following today. Are you serious? Yeah. I mean, I saw the plate, but I was like, who, aside from John Lovitz, would have a plate that says John Lovitz? Yeah, I, I like drove up next to him, and I was like, yep, that's John Lovitz. <laughs> <laughs>